friends. Welcome to Peaceful by Nature. I took a month off and I am back with full moon conversations. And this new moon, I will also have a full moon or a new moon practice for you. This first full moon conversation is with my friend and co-creator Joy Taylor. She is an incredible woman and we met as you will hear in the Makawao Forest on Maui, and Joy and I are going to be collaborating on a new offering. We'll be teaching, leading, facilitating a creator circle for women who are looking for a space to fully express and explore themselves through writing in a place that is safe and authentic All of the information about our offering will be in the show notes. Joy and I are also going to be hosting a retreat in Shasta, California. That will be this July. And the information about the retreat can also be found in the show notes. Enjoy this conversation. Reach out on Instagram at wildsacredsage, or you can email me at wildsacredsage at gmail.com. This, along with other offerings, can be found at wildsacredcollective.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to Peaceful by Nature. I'm your host, Sage, and I am, oh, I have shivers up and down my spine and all throughout my body. I am welcoming my dear friend and mentor and, oh, there's so many words that don't ever quite the description of this incredible human being, this woman that I met, Joy Taylor. And I didn't ask you even for a bio because I want this interview, it's really a conversation, to be an investigation of who we are as a co-creative team through conversation. Um, I've been thinking and reflecting on the word Ubuntu, which is a South African word. And it means I am because you are. And that joy you bring out in me certain qualities that make me feel aligned with the truth of who I am. And I think that is because you're a mirror of love and vulnerability and exploration. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. (laughs) Ah, Sage, my heart is warm right now. It's really, really, really warm. And And you are to me so much of a companion and ally, and you are a sage, you are a sage, and the ways that we've been able to, in the last only two years, connect and grow and hold each other in sacred space in all of the journey, 
I mean, that is really soul-inspired friendship. And that is oh, what I wish for everyone to have people in our lives, good company and satsang where it brings out the best in us. And it's okay if we bring the worst, because guess what? We're just going to be loved up by that person in yeah. front of us, which right now is you, Sage. And um, anyway, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And that it's, it's not, it's not even worst, you know, it's, it's like this framework of worst that we've put on ourselves, really this internalized sense of patriarchy or capitalism or the social structures and conditioning that I feel we are both on the, the leading edge of dismantling within our own beings because it's really intimate soul work and that being in space being in space to be able to say that's actually not you whatever is coming up it is a part of your conditioning and is a part of your mind structure it is a part of your false sense of self and I love all of that but the truth of who you are is just like the name of this podcast, peaceful by nature, loving by nature. And that's not to say, please don't like pretend to be that <laughs> because you don't want to spiritually bypass. And um, so I'm curious for you where you're at in your um, journey. In particular, I wrote down some things. I was like, well, we could talk about so many things. Um, <laughs> this is what I wanted to talk to my friend Joy about. You close your eyes. Oh, and wow. And what's... while we're at it, let's just go ahead and record it. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So nature, uh, we're both big lovers of nature, being in nature and connection to movement. which is so many things, but movement, connection with our bodies, breath work, spirituality, sisterhood and community. I'm, I'm shaking up and down since we were only audio. I'm just, I'm wanting to just yeah. chime in here and as you're going through each of these, I'm just a big yes. I'm a big yes, because this is so much what so many of us are craving, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm pausing here at the sisterhood and the community because this is where, this is it. I feel like it's the flavor of what this is, this whole conversation might be about mm -hmm. is how sweet it is to become more together and ignite each other's passions and, and, and truths and, and go deeper through exploration with each other. Ah, yum, yeah. yum, yum. Yum. So, and, and the, and the willingness to not stay in our little, well, I'll just, you know, stay on my phone or stay in my bubble on my routine. The way that we met was a swerve, was an impulse. You know, we, we met in the, in the parking lot for, for people who, um, I wouldn't even call it a parking lot. It, we met at the, the trailhead of- That's, that's exactly right. In of the forest. And then you sh showed up to my yoga classes, invited me into sacred sexuality and 
this the circle that we had and and the invitation to participate in friendship i was listening to your guidance of like well this woman is offering herself to me and why not offer myself to her when there's that kinship we don't need to have um it's always available i guess is what i am saying just as nature just as the sky just as the stars this connection is always available and it's amazing to me how often we plug in our earphones we look at our phones and we just think that i'm on my own little agenda and we're missing so much I really feel like I want to I want to go back to when we met and how we met because I'm feeling like maybe some people who are listening are like I want that. I want more of those kinds of friendships already kind of feeling. And I and so let's back up and it's it's pretty simple. You know, and the simple part of it is you and I have both made nature and communion with self um a priority. Mm-hmm. in our lives and so in the middle of the week at I don't know what time it, it, maybe it was one o'clock or 11 or it doesn't even matter but somehow we both ended up following our intuition and knowing that it was time to go to the forest for a walk you were coming out I was coming in but I remember I was in a really good mood I don't and I know you were too because you had just come from an amazing weekend and I don't, I, I don't know who said what, but one of us, as we were kind of walking by, stopped and said, hi, and do you come here often or something of that nature? And we sat in the parking, we stood in the parking lot and talked for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's something about the willingness to shine bright that's really important right now. Mm-hmm. Because as we each shine our own light, we are going to be more of our radiant selves, which by the way, actually supports our energy field to shine that light and have that radiance in our auras. And it also is a signal so that our soul family notices us. Mm-hmm. And so when we are individually doing what we can in our lives to shine our lights and we're following the impulse, like you said, the impulse to go to the forest and then willing to notice someone else's light and, and say hello, magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. And there were so many opportunities that a past version of myself could have shut down and been like, I don't know who this person is. Um, Protect myself, protect my light. I'm that there's a narrative of if I give away my energy, I won't have it for myself my time, like this, my feeling. And the beautiful thing is, is that when you're full, we can fill each other up and and it's not this vampiric relationship. Like I felt trusting in that moment because it did not feel like this, you wanted something from me and you were celebrating me in my light. And there wasn't lots of patterns that can happen within not just between women but between human beings jealousy um judgment um these patterns that are again not the truth of who we are but get in the way of honest vulnerable connection i love that you're saying that yeah and and then 
to have that kind of a knowing that there is trust to to take it to each of those different depths and and uh <sighs> peaceful by nature by the way i love that because we are that aren't we and and just you know what you're talking about and i know for myself my journey my awakening journey if you will has all been about like what is my true nature so like having to move through like what i'm not like the conditioning and the programs and the the addictions that i've picked up from my family um my wanting to please others my total relentless drive to accomplish so i had accolades so people liked me you know the images that i had for many years and still notice when i'm playing out uh, like oh i'm trying to be someone instead of being my true nature but that's really been the journey for me is coming back home to being peaceful by nature or back to my true nature by like moving through what I'm not. And, and that's where the friendships are so important too, because there's reflection there. Mm -hmm. And that it, you're not alone in all of those things that whatever you're willing to be with, you can move through. And to be with something with another human being helps us move through. And I absolutely believe that, that having a loving presence other than self, we can do it for ourselves. I do it for myself. I do do this. <laughs> you have to, because when some of the negative emotions, I, I use the word negative, but they're not even that some of the uncomfortable or more judged emotions like anger or sadness or fear or frustration, you know, some of those emotions, we resist them. I know I sometimes do. So I bring my loving presence simultaneously with my frustration mm -hmm. so that I can witness myself in the frustration and know that it's not who I am. And that's beautiful skill. But to speak to your point, to have someone else there, you know, for me to have you and, and the dear friends that I do have that I trust that I can actually say, oh, my goodness, can you just be there while I express or let some words out that have to do with my insecurity or my lack of belief about myself and and to not feel ashamed of it, to have the kind of sisterhood where Oh, I'm getting chills. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, let it roll, sweetheart. Be that for each other. Like, let it roll. You're feeling insecure right now. I am 100% here as you release those thoughts. Don't attach to them. They're not who you are, but they are so welcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because shame has... I mean, it doesn't have too many narratives. And the main one for me that kept me in secrecy, in hiding the truth of who I who I was, but also just my own addictions and attachments to image and um, not wanting to be really truthfully seen in where I was at in the moment. Shame, the voice of shame, told me if people know about this about you you will not be loved 
you are unlovable because of this part about you. And as soon as you give that into the space and say, this is what I'm struggling with me with for me for a long time, it was alcohol. And I've talked about that some on the podcast and the it's as soon as I was willing to offer it up to a higher power and also to the power of the community, to the power of other people and say, this is the truth. Shame didn't have any narrative anymore. It didn't have an argument that you won't be loved because guess what? I was. And as soon as it took away, it's, it just took away its power. And that vulnerability actually connects us to people because people don't want to listen to somebody who's perfect because none of us are. It's an illusion, a delusion. Uh, it's this image we're talking about, isn't it? And yeah. we can project onto others and say, oh, they have it all together or look at them. And we create this image of what we think these people are based on what their life might look like on the outside but everyone is going through their internal journey. And I remember when I was, um, well, I'll just, I'll put it this way. Anyone who's looking for a partner <laughs> and, and, and the tendency tends to be like what I want in a partner in that other person, which, you know, there are some certain things where that is important, of course. So that's the image and the idea of the other person, but please make sure that you make a list. How do you want to feel when you're around that person? Because it's the inner, inner journey and that's our navigation. So how do I feel when I'm around this, this person that I'm getting to know, be it a friendship or a lover or dating someone? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, this whole thing about image and um, how we tend to, just as human beings in this culture think that we're supposed to look a certain way or act a certain way or accomplish certain things or define success the same way. And then so much effort is put into holding up an image, which is like pretense and pretending and exhausting. <laughs> when what's really happening is every single person, even the ones that look like they've got it all together, they're going through stuff inside. Mm -hmm because we just keep doing that. That's what we're doing. That's the, that's the path of spirituality. That's the path of, some people call it ascension. That's the path of consciousness. <laughs> yes, yes. And there is no, there is no um, evolution spiritually or in, in nature. We need friction in order to evolve. We need contrast in order to evolve. And the phrase that is, keeps coming to mind as you speak is don't judge your insides by other people's outsides. Ooh, I like it. And it's that's so what we do. That's what we do. So many yeah. times, so often, so often. Yeah. Yeah. So what would it be like if we let go of judgment and um, just approached all of life more from an energy standpoint, more from a from a just very simple discernment and tuning into our feelings and acceptance, starting with self. Wow, what would life look like? You know, it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Peaceful, Peaceful by nature. 
(laughs) And that peaceful isn't like, oh, kumbaya, like namaste. And it's not a performance of peace. It's actually feeling at peace in your being, in your body, in your experience and expression of joy and rapture. The seven factors of enlightenment, according to the Buddha, that I have been reminding myself of every morning for the past little while. One, mindfulness. Two, investigation. So investigation, what is really going on? What is happening inside? And that's where I think writing is a, has a huge role of investigation. Three is energy, putting your focus on it. Four is joy and rapture. The fourth necessity for awakening is joy and rapture, according to the Buddha. And so that, to me, is like, we don't need to take ourselves so seriously. And that peace doesn't need to to look a certain way on the outside in order for you to find peace. Because true peace is not conditional on the outside world. It just can't be. And in the, it's increasingly intense as climate change happens, as we have over 8 billion human beings, as we have so many things that we are facing as a collective in our humanity, we cannot make our peace contingent on what the outside world is happening, doing what's happening on the outside. Amen, sister. Amen. So true. So true to really focus in on once again, how it feels how it feels, our inner environment. That is our our real number one focus for, for those of us who are saying yes to this possibility of awakening and embodying. So Sage, I would love to ask you, I want to talk about writing because you and I have mm-hmm. some things we're offering together that have to do with writing and awakening and energy and sisterhood. But I've never really asked you about your writing practices and why you write and how you write and when you write and what does writing mean to you? It's it saved my life. Writing saved mm. my life. My husband and I got pregnant after three or four years of trying, and I was told by fertility doctors that I would would not be able to get pregnant on my own. And when we found out we were pregnant, we started uh, writing to this unborn child every single morning we were writing. And I ended up miscarrying, but I continued writing. And it was right at the beginning of the pandemic and during the collapse of the theater company that I was a part of for over 10 years. And it was just when I had stopped drinking. And it was like day one, not drinking. And I would write and I would write and I would write and I would write. And then I would meditate and I would do yoga. And it was great because everything was shut down. It was the beginning of the pandemic and I had nowhere to go and I didn't have to face social pressures. And I would write every morning and then every evening. And I've continued writing pretty much every single morning and most evenings. I call it my solitude sandwich. So checking in with myself in the morning and checking in with myself in the evening. And... I'm writing from 30 minutes to sometimes an hour and a half in the morning and 30 minutes at night. And this is automatic writing. It doesn't have a structure. 
I just really let myself pour out on the page. Sometimes there's images, sometimes there's beautiful things, sometimes there's awful things, sometimes there's dreams. It really let myself unravel. That's my personal writing practice. And I have found that it's distinct from when I'm working on a specific project. But the intimate writing, that's my intimate writing practice. Writing saved my life too. Um, so I first started writing when I was in college, writing as a practice, and I was struggling with food addictions. So um, it was a it was a hard time, and it was interesting because at first I was like such an up and down yo yo kind of bulimic, and I'd eat a bunch, and then I'd fast for a few days, and but I did get overweight. I was a good 20 pounds overweight and, and my self-esteem was plummeting and I was lost in the cycle. And there was a physiological addiction also happening, right? There was like a sugar physiological candida thing, but I didn't know how to get through it. And um, I just started journaling. And I also was working with a Jinshin Jitsu practice which is why I eventually went into body work and Jin Chin. But it was my writing. It was my connection. It was my journaling. It was the one place where I could write whatever I wanted. And I got out so many stuck emotions that I had never released. And I didn't judge what I wrote because I think I was doing maybe the artist's way or somehow I was like turned on to like this idea that my writing could be a companion in that lonely place of I'm addicted, I'm out of control, I don't know what to do. And, um, you know, within, uh, within a year, I was 19, between my healing work with uh, Jin Chin and my writing, I, I became free, you know, which you understand in the drinking, you know, I, I really, I came, and I came to know myself, and I came to love myself, and I came to being able to express myself. I mean, my journal is where I put my desires, my fears, all of it. So that was the beginning for me. And then it's, oh, it's taken so many forms. I've always had at least two journals going <laughs> in my life, kind of my daily log journal. But another piece for me has been, I have this um, inspiration, intuition, miracles journal. And whenever there's like evidence that I have a have good intuition or evidence that there's a miracle at play in my life, um, where there's uncanny synchronicities and stuff, I enter it in this journal. So that's one journal, and then and then I have um, my just let it let it evolve, and it, and it's become very much a doodle doodle journal as well. I like to draw a lot. Well, the miracles journal is a really nice to reflect on because it's so easy for our minds to say, to, to collect the negative things. I think that's because we are pattern seeking creatures. We want to avoid the negative and to have those synchronicities. You probably start to be more attuned to the path that you would rather be on of miracles and synchronicities and things working out in a way that is in alignment with joy and joy being the feeling of joy and joy being you yeah yeah um 
And it was, it came in very handy because when I did write my book, which that's a whole nother story about writing. Wow. Um, what a process that is. But um, it was great because I had a lot of uh, stories that I had put in my miracles journal that I could then bring into the book. Yeah, writing a book is you're writing a book now too, aren't you? I am. I was going to say, I would love to hear more about your book experience. Um, yeah, let's just hit, start with that. Okay. And it's, and it's why I'm really excited about what you and I are doing together, helping people who have a book in them get writing um, and helping people who just want to explore writing, right? But the process for me of writing this book, and I, I'm going to call it my first book because I know there'll be more. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned a lot. It was very humbling, Sage. It was so humbling. I learned what I didn't know. And, and it, it had, it had its own journey of sometimes being so inspired, so coming through me that I'm just like typing and it's happening. And then other times where it's like, how do I really communicate this? And what the, what the? do I even mean by this <laughs> and having to put it down and knowing it was going to print it's like oh can I stand behind this is this the ultimate truth whoa <laughs> wow. yeah and uh but I'm so glad I did it because it, it was one of those like I got the I got the download of these seven wisdoms which are dynamics of living a soul-inspired life and it happened to me when I when I was praying and then just sitting and doing my morning contemplation. I just heard life is for you. And I wrote it down in my journal. And then I heard, and you deserve all the good coming your way. So I wrote that down and then I just sat with that, like, oh my God, what what kind of message is that? You know, if life is benevolent, if it's really for me and I deserve it. And, and then I heard, then life will guide you because then we're having a, we're having a conversation. We really are one with life. And so those are the first three wisdoms, but it's so true because the more I know good is coming my way. And I know that everything that's happening, even the shitty stuff is for my good, or I can choose to believe it is. And I choose to believe it is then oh, why did it happen? I mean, the, I'm going to keep getting clues in the outside world. So oh, I, anyway. love, I love those. Have you read the book and have you read the Course in Miracles? Have you done the Course in Miracles? I haven't done the full thing. No. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I just happened the what you are saying is speaking exactly to the reading that I was doing this morning. Oh, the, good. The coincidences are just so in alignment and the humbling that you're talking about that that was for you too that all of this process of the divine inspiration and then the recognition that the ego isn't in charge of writing this book and when the ego got in the way it sounds like that's when it was probably most difficult I would say absolutely. And that ego was, what's it going to look like? It was back in that little pop over to the image instead of how's it feeling right now, Joy? Are you letting, are you letting it flow through in your writing? 
but um, I had a great editor, which was so helpful. And I had beta readers and, you know, a book has been born and it's really rewarding when people find me online or email me or text me or whatever. Um, people find me and, just, you know, let me know that an aspect of that book really made a difference for them. And then I say, okay, good, good. Cause that's, that's so nice to dedicate our writing to others. Yes. And it's also wonderful. So we're kind of talking both, you know, that kind of writing that's really for our own understanding, for emotional expression, um, writing that we do for others, uh, letter writing. There's so many forms of writing. And then one of my favorites also that just popped in for me in the last few years as a really important practice is for me to do the kind of automatic writing where I'm asking my highest, most divine self to come through me. And so I could, I could ask a question like, what do I need to know? Or is it beneficial for me to um, proceed in this particular direction? Sit for a moment, put the pen on the paper and go. And I recently got the most profound message. It was like, I couldn't stop writing for like eight pages in my big journal. And I don't even remember, I didn't even know for sure what I was writing. And then afterwards I read it and um, it, it was really a beautiful invitation about where I am in my life, how I have been a ship at bay and I'm, I'm going to cry because it touched me. It was a letter to myself that I didn't even write. I knew it. Um, or an element, my future self wrote to me and she, she was like, um, you, you have spent so many years learning to sail and you are a seasoned sailor and it's time to be the captain of your ship, get out of the bay, get out of the harbor. And we are with you. We are your crew. And I just, it was such a beautiful message and, and, and there was more to it, which, um, I'm actually, I really might publish that on, on a blog. I think I will do a blog post with it because it's a message I think a lot of us can relate to. Yeah. But anyway, that kind of automatic writing is something else I know we're going to introduce in our retreat and in our program to just let people tap into the higher guidance that wants to be written through. Oh, I, I want to pause and that touched me so deeply. I could feel those words coming through you and even the expression listening to you speak about it, that it we do have the answers inside and this process of revealing ourselves to ourselves through writing, getting out of the fear, the fig, trying to figure it all out and trusting pen to paper, letting it go and not even reading what you, not even knowing what, what's coming through you. And then that can be the support when you are out in the big waters of, once you leave the bay, it's gonna be bigger waters. <laughs> it's gonna be stormy sometimes. So to have that for yourself and then for other people, just as, one of uh, a podcast I've been listening to a lot, The Inside Hour with Joseph Goldstein. He's an incredible Buddhist teacher, very influential in, in the movement of bringing mindfulness to the West. And he makes a 
an invitation or an ask that may my liberation benefit all beings. You know, may these practices that I am engaging in be of the benefit for the welfare of all beings and being magnificently humble in that. Because your liberation, there is no such thing as one-way liberation. When you liberate yourself into your fullness, into your authenticity, it helps me. <laughs> Going back to Ubuntu, like I am because you are. Wow. She is, has the, the audacity, the courage, the strength to live the truth of who she is. May we wake that up in every single human being on the planet. Yay, say. <laughs> I'm having fun with our conversation and I want to I want to I want to talk about movement a little yeah. bit baby breath but um just because we're both passionate and you mentioned these at the beginning and these are a part of what we do in the offerings that we are co-creating together which I'm so excited about by the way. Oh, excited. <laughs> I am I'm lit, I'm lit up by it and and um yeah, I'm very excited. I can just feel the the beautiful women and sisters that will join us for the circle and for the retreat and um the circles online so that is just makes it really accessible but just So should we should we just say it right now? The, the sure, sure. Offerings. Yeah, let's okay. let's introduce them because this is big, exciting news. Um, for those of you who are recent participants in yoga teacher training, YTT with me, um, you know that I've had this podcast that's come out over the past year or so, and. I've been sort of taking a break from social media, as you've probably seen. And the reason is, is I'm really tuning into myself and what are the, what are the true offerings that I want to pour my energy into? And this is one of them that I'm really excited to announce with joy here on the podcast. And so we're going to be having an online creator circle. And do you want to tell us a little bit more about it, Joy? <laughs> sure. I mean, this is a sacred space um, for women who are ready and already in the process of more soul expression to come together in community for two hours every other week with a focal point having to do with soul expression through writing, but also integrating movement and singing and breath and the satsang or community of each other to empower each and every participant on getting chills in whatever they are creating. And that could be creating a business, that can be creating a book, that can be creating copy for a website, <laughs> that could be creating an email series or articles or it could be creating a better life that you just love where you're in touch with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But we are creators and we are one with the creator. And this circle is a circle of support. That's right. We are co-creators. We 
Elizabeth, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this. She said she says she does not believe a single person who says they are not creative. That's not true. We all come on to this planet creative, co-creative. And something that I work with my yoga teacher trainees is freeing their voice through chanting, free, freeing the Vashuddha, the throat chakra through chanting. Because so many people are shut down being able to speak their truth because of trauma, because of family, because of the patriarchy, because of so many reasons that it hasn't been safe to speak our truth, that we haven't been safe to speak the way that we feel in situations and we've swallowed it again and again. And I think that that's where a lot of addiction has come from. It's like, well, I better put something in my mouth to shut this down because I want to, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. And to liberate, to liberate all the, the different facets and to clear our channel is really all the offering through not only writing, but as you said, through breath work, through chanting, through movement, and through community, being able to be witnessed in how we are expressing ourselves. Yeah, it's going to be really beautiful. There'll be the breakout rooms for that more intimate support and reflection and feedback. And then the online hub where in between our live Zooms, people can drop in and discuss. And I know you and I will be popping bonuses and videos. And so there's some training in there too. And that'll all live in the hub for people. So I really, I envision... Um, I envision women who are ready and, like I said, already in the process of creating something in form in their life to to gain a lot of fortitude and inspiration to to manifest. We are that. That's what we're here to do and to manifest aligned with the soul. And I like what you're saying about the voice. You know, writing is an extension of our heart and it's an extension of our truth. And it is a powerful opportunity for all of us to come into alignment and in integrity with our truth, to be in harmony of thought, word, and deed. So the ripples of the possibility of what could be the benefit of this is probably just to be actually more peaceful inside because we're more aligned with our truth and we're living it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And that we, I know for myself, joining a writer's circle, I did not know that there was a book that wanted to be birthed through me until I was in the sangha of a writer's circle, having dedicated time at, to show up and say, every single time I know that my writing is going to be listened to. And it gets me typing, it gets me in process, because I don't know what I am discovering the book as it's being written through me. I'm listening to what is being is ready to be freed and to be to be put out into the world. And I knew somewhere in the back of my brain, I was like, I know I know, or in my being, not in my brain, but in my soul, I knew that I wanted to write a book. And I don't who knows how many there will be. But it wasn't until I had the container that the alchemy could happen. And so I know for the women that are going to join us, you don't have to have a specific project that you know that you're working on 
to want to explore writing as a as a spiritual practice, as a practice to come home to yourself. Yep. Well, that's good. So we'll we'll put a link to the to the landing page for anyone interested in that. And um, and it's it's kind of interesting how this really did evolve because it 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 started even before the creator circle. We started talking about doing something together in Mount Shasta this summer which really brings us to the piece of the conversation on nature. You know, there's, there's only so much nature we can actually um, enjoy online. So let's go to nature. Let's bring women together in nature. Let's spend more time in movement and communion and breath and, and ah, let down and relax and find the quiet, which is what, we are uh, organizing for the end of July. You you came to me, didn't you? Yeah. You, you came to me. <laughs> the quiet is the cauldron of stillness, the cauldron of quiet. It's rare. There's a depth and an ease that accompanies that kind of stillness and quiet for me. It feels pure. The past and the future have nothing to do with it. It's being in the moment. So I, I see I see us being in the moment in community with women. And, and so kind of like you talked about before, it's not the peaceful where we're always sitting on a cushion. We're going to be having bonfire. We're going to be running down to the creek in our bare feet right from the retreat center. We got yoga on the grass. <laughs> We're going to make couples together in the kitchen and just inhabit this beautiful retreat home. Yeah. And be in community in a way that is free of technology, free of strict schedules. We'll have a schedule, of course, but the demands that we place on ourselves to really unravel from those and to see what wants to be expressed in a safe space held by the incredible power of Mount Shasta and the wilderness there and with other women and taking off the blindfolds of, of shoes and social structure that keep us from seeing into the truth of who we are and seeing one another I think too, being able to really see the radiance. We're kind of full circle, see all of it because it's all welcome, you know? And, and what we talked about at the very beginning to be able to bring forth the grief, 
bring forth the shame, bring forth the confusion or the doubt. And what I found for myself is when I take these spaces, you know, whether they're the, like you talked about sandwiching your day with solitude, whether it's just a daily space of, of peace and quiet, or, oh gosh, a week, long weekend, or I've had the great pleasure of doing like 10 day meditation retreats or, you know, longer quiet retreats. But whenever I do it, it is like, see, it's the not doing time. It's, it's part of the creative process, but it's not the creating part of the creative process. It's the unwinding stillness, nothingness part of the creative process that allows newness to come forth and also allows oldness, old as in just outdated, doesn't work anymore, to fall away. And it happens quite naturally. It's nature it's leaves falling in the fall. We don't have to mess with it. It will happen, but we got to get in the rhythm. And the society is out of sync with nature in our rhythms of do, 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 do. There's so much doing. Stop. Stop. Breathe. Go within. Be within. And if we can get back into the more natural rhythms, we will find ourselves having a much more fluid, creative, soul-inspired life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so wow. Yeah. I want to read this Mary Oliver poem that is calling to me. Oh, I love hearing other people's writing, talking talking about writing, getting inspired by others' works. Mm, yes, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I want to hear it. <laughs> this is called Sleeping in the Forest. I thought the earth remembered me. She took me back so tenderly arranging her dark skirts, her pockets full of lichen and seeds. I slept as never before, a stone on the riverbed, nothing between me and the white fire of the stars but my thoughts. And they floated as moths among the branches of the perfect trees. All night I heard the small kingdoms breathing around me, the insects and the birds who do their work in the darkness. All night I rose and fell as if in water, grappling with a luminous doom. By morning, I had vanished at least a dozen times into something better. When I read that poem, I The other thing that has saved my life is going back into nature. You know, I was born and raised in Montana, barefoot, barely clothes on, always in the mud, climbing trees. And I love that deep stillness and the earth is... my greatest teacher. 
This is our home. I am so with you, <laughs> which is why we met in the Makua forest. Yep. <laughs> it's my temple. It's my sanctuary. My teacher, nature, earth. I love getting my fingers dirty. <laughs> I lived on a ranch seven years. I worked on farms in college. I studied eco-ag. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, I'm a ranch girl and a farming girl and and uh, and and a forever outdoor lover and skier and swimmer and yeah. So, yeah. yeah, just celebrating, just celebrating with you, Sage, and, and everyone else that's here right now, just celebrating. <laughs> Let's go outside and play. <laughs> please, yes, please. please. Yeah. <laughs> so the invitation is um, to join us in Mount Shasta, and there'll be more information about what that retreat uh, the details will be on my website and Joy's website and all that information will be in the podcast notes and there'll be a landing page for that as well. Mm. I'm in awe of what happens when you let go and trust. A quote that's coming to mind, I'm always quoting other people because I find such inspiration by reading. I read a lot as well as write a lot. But Ajahn Chah, who a great, another great meditation and, and spiritual teacher, said that if you let go a little, you'll get a little peace. If you let go a lot, you'll get a lot of peace. And if you let go completely, you will have complete peace. And the increasing, it's like align and release, align and release. And that's how it's felt with you and our friendship. I see you, let's align, let go of any expectations of what's gonna happen. Trust the gifts that I have inside, trust the gifts that this beautiful, incredible, powerful woman has inside her and that we are greater than our own individual selves. Something much larger is going on. And I have full faith in that. Me too. <laughs> I do too. I do too. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to who else is going to join us in the, the retreat and in the circle. Because there's so many, Abraham Hicks says, uh, cooperative components mm. there are so many cooperative components and those components are other people and i i just what we can do together and we do shine our lights and bring in those vibrational matches so yeah it's it's going to be fun it already is fun and this was fun thank you so much sage for yeah to do the Absolutely. podcast with you so I want to ask you one final question, um, and that is on this podcast, I offer practices that bring us back to a sense of peace within ourselves. So I'm curious, what is a practice right now 
that you have that you could offer the listeners? What are what is a practice that you're really enjoying that's really lighting you up? My goodness, there's so many. So I'm I just know. what I what's really coming to me is um, I've been doing these energy tune-ups for myself. And I'm starting to produce some. And so maybe I can share some or a link as, as they come out. But what an energy tune-up for me is it involves visualization, voice, and breath. And it often becomes an affirmation. But how this all started is I literally pick up my phone and I invite other people to do this, right? Pick up your phone and guide yourself through two to five minute tune-up with breath or visualization, or affirming words. And then you have a recording for yourself anytime you want a tune-up. So for example, one of my tune-ups that, you know, on my phone is just take a deep breath and breathe in up, up, all the way up the spine, breathing in deeply, feeling the energy coming up your spine to the top of the head, and then hold the breath and let it go slowly and visualize that light coming down the spine as you breathe out. Take another deep breath in and visualize the light coming up the spine, coming up and it is a beautiful light, pure love up above the head, hold and breathe out. Relaxing the body and letting that light fill every cell. Feeling gratitude for something in your life right now. Feeling it in your heart. A person, a place, a situation. I'm so grateful for this. And let the energy of gratitude fill the entire body with yet more of that pure love. And extend that out into the auric field now maybe two feet outside, let the light fill your field. Luminous, grateful, joyous, compassionate, peaceful love, pure love and truth. And rest into that feeling and bring that into the next moment and the next. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So we can do these for ourselves. We can create these little mini tune-ups. There's so many ways to play, but that's that's lighting me up right now. That's something I would love to, I enjoyed sharing. You lit me up. <laughs> Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joy. It's been such a pleasure. <laughs> Namaste. Thank you. Namaste, Sage. All right.